Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs, and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Matt Browning, as usual. Man, this week has been such a good week. Thank you for tuning in wherever you're listening, wherever you're downloading, streaming, subscribing. We appreciate you and we love you. Hope you're having an awesome, awesome week. Crushing it as an entrepreneur. This week, I have what I think is going to be not just a really entertaining and uh, intriguing guest, but also someone who's going to help you make more money, make more impact, connect with your ideal prospects, clients way, way better because he's going to fix the problem that all of us uh, share that we have, which is memory. My guest this week is Chester Santos, the international man of memory. Chester has not only been the U.S. memory champion, he won the entire nationwide championship, and he's been all over TV showing his, uh, his memory skills on CNN, ABC, PBS, NBC, CBS. He's been on the BBC, Science Channel, um, written up in New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, and even Time Magazine did a special uh, article uh, about the science of memory with Chester. He has several best-selling books, um, Barnes and Noble, and wherever you find books, you can find his books. Um, his clients and people, everything from TEDx talks to uh, Nobel Prize winners to uh, athletes, you name it, Chester's the guy who helps them increase their memory. And I can't wait to uh, dive in with you too. Chester, welcome to the show, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. I'm really looking forward to this. <laughs> Look, man, you, uh, you're in the middle of a speaking tour. You're in Prague as we speak. So thank you for taking the time out of what could be maybe a lot more fun today <laughs> to hang out in your hotel and talk to me. I sure appreciate it. Uh, you know, w so what I couldn't find is what year did you actually start getting into memory? Because I know you, you won the championship some years back. And did that catapult your whole career? Or how long had you really been diving into this stuff? Yeah, so way back in the year 2000, I happened to catch a segment on ABC's 2020, that evening news program. There was a segment on the United States Memory Championship. It sparked my interest because growing up, people often would comment to me, wow, you seem to have a really good memory. So when I saw that on the TV show, I thought, you know, let me look into this. Maybe I could do well in this U.S. Memory Championship. But when I looked into what the best people in the country we're scoring in various events, memorizing decks of playing cards, hundreds of computer-generated random digits, hundreds of names and faces in just minutes. I quickly realized that although I did have a good memory, I was nowhere near that level. And that's when I started doing a lot of research into ways to really magnify your memory, increase your memory power. I stuck to training myself in the subset of techniques that I felt were working best for me personally until eventually I did manage to win the United States Memory Championship in 2008. And since then, I've spent the last 11 plus years training other people all over the world in the subset of techniques that I feel can benefit them the most in their career, personal life, and also in school. And so you, you mentioned that early on, you said people always said, oh, you have a pretty good memory. How good of a memory? Because like I have friends that are like the, you know, Sheldon from Big Bang Theory, right? Where they're like, I have that eidetic memory, the photographic memory. And 
without any training, he seems to just remember dates, birthdays, and things as kind of part of his biology. And then we have the other people, usually like me, who I meet someone, and if I don't repeat their name a bunch of times, I can't remember their name halfway through conversation. For like most people that I talk to relate to the second kind. How much memory is biology into who you are, and how much can be trained and learned? Yeah, so, well, no one can give you a definitive answer as to, you know, the percentage there of what is nature versus nurture. However, <laughs> what I will say is that, you know, no one has the answer to that exactly. But what I will say is obviously some people are more naturally inclined, uh, you know, in certain areas. Some people are naturally better with music than others, right? Some people are better at sports than others. Uh, some people are more naturally inclined ter in terms of memory ability. However, what I am very confident in and what I can really tell you without a doubt is that no matter what your current level of memory ability, no matter where you're at now, you can dramatically improve your ability to remember things with just the right techniques and a little bit of training and practice. So for practical business purposes, for entrepreneurs, to remember names and faces, to get more out of business networking, to build better relationships with people in general, to better remember points of presentation so that you are a more effective speaker, more effective presenter when you're presenting to clients, potential clients, or maybe this is a presentation for investors that are interested in investing your company, foreign language vocabulary, uh, exam type material to get more out of trainings that you might be going through, trying to increase your knowledge base in certain areas, all of that, you're going to get, you're going to be much more effective with all of that, with just the right approach and a little bit of practice. So there's hope for really for everybody out there. Okay. So the answer is there's hope for everybody, no matter how far along you are, no matter what your natural inclination is, what I'm hearing is these are skills that can be learned. Fair to say? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Yep. Um, are, are, there, are there different like, how do I say that? like sections of memory or types of memory, like drills, skills and things? So for instance, like in the brain, how I have to go about memorizing something, are names different than numbers? Are places different than um, uh, presentation points? Does that make sense? Like, are, are there different? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. So and when you think about it, you know, just think about people, you know, some people are much better remembering music, right? Uh, lyrics, uh, where, you know, other people might be better at remembering actually numbers, facts and figures stick in their head better, right? But again, no matter what it is that you want to improve in, there are different techniques. So if you were looking to remember names, there's a technique I would teach you. If you wanted to remember presentations, I would teach you something else. Or languages, yet another technique. So there are many different techniques uh, depending on the specific information type. However, the main principles will always remain the same. And the three main principles that I always teach people to employ, no matter what information type, is one, try to turn whatever it is that you want to remember into a visual, something that you can picture in your mind, because we tend to be very good at remembering things we see. An example I'll give in my presentation sometimes, uh, the situation where you will see someone, you could have met them maybe years in the past, oftentimes right away, as soon as you see their face, you remember their face, but you can't remember their name, right? You just know that you've met them somewhere before. Another example, Matt, let's say you go to a party, one of your friends is attending the party with you, you, you both meet a lot of new people. 
Two weeks after it's over, your friend describes someone to you. Your friend says, hey, Matt, remember the attorney that we met at that party that we were at a couple weeks ago? He's also a member of the entrepreneurs organization. As your friend is going through that description, a lot of times you can picture that guy from the party, right? Obviously, your friend can also picture who they're describing, but a lot of times neither one of you can manage to remember what his name was. A third and final example related to this, how many times have you been describing to a friend or family member an actor from a TV show or movie? Obviously, as you're going through the description, you can picture the actor in your mind. Your friend or family member can picture who you're describing, but neither one of you can manage to remember the name, and it's really frustrating to both of you. Those three examples that I just went over all illustrate that when it comes to dealing with people, we tend to be pretty good at remembering faces, right? But we are not nearly as good at remembering names. When you think about it, this makes sense because when you are interacting with people in in various ways, you will always see the face. The face is recorded into your visual memory, but at no point do you see the name. The name is something much more abstract to your brain. So one way to get better at remembering names is to turn them into powerful visuals. So Mike might become a microphone. Matt, I might picture like a welcome Matt. Hey, uh, hey, Alex, hey, hey. Can't we find Alice, a better one than a welcome Matt? Come on. <laughs> well, it's welcoming, <laughs> but, but it right? It's welcoming. That's <laughs> oh, a positive. It is welcoming. <laughs> um, it's welcoming. That's a positive. Alice, I might think of Alice in Wonderland. So maybe a white rabbit would remind me of the name Alice. Um, but there are ways to come up with visuals. And when you have that visual representation of the name, it becomes uh, much easier to remember. But you could also use like a person. So Matt, maybe you think of Matt Damon. Um, you there know, we go. Matthew McConaughey or something like that. Even um, better, man. We're really getting somewhere. But But the point really is to come up with a visual, a powerful visual that will help hold that name in your, name, uh, in your mind much longer. Okay, brilliant. So can I ask a couple questions about that then? Yeah. Okay, because I've I've been excited to have you on because uh, a lot of our listeners and students have gone through for 15 years, I've taught neuro-linguistic programming. And a big part of that is understanding how the mind works and how the brain processes. So these are things that I know a lot of us have heard of the idea, maybe, right? Of, hey, think of the name as a picture, you know, and so forth. My question is, I know that technically I'm supposed to do that, but maybe number one is either I can't think on the fly fast enough to come up with something. And then maybe the precursor question is, at what point do you do this? Like when they come up and say, hey, my name's John, how are you? Are you instantly going, picturing him as a toilet? Um, at what point in the conversation do you start to do that? And you know, like how, how does that work? And is there anything, yeah, let's start with that. Yeah, so- How do I really apply this? really anywhere in your interaction with the person, but you've got to get into the habit. So obviously, you know, they're not just this, but there's a lot of things that we read about. It sounds sort of interesting, but until you actually put it into a, into practice and make it a habit, that's the only way it will eventually become a skill that you develop. So here are four steps I recommend that people put into practice. These will be very easy for everybody listening to this interview to put into practice right after they're done listening to this. Step number one, from this day forward, whenever you're introduced to someone, make it a point to immediately repeat the name, all right? 
So if you're introduced to someone named Matt, nice to meet you, Matt, or pleased to meet you, Matt. Now that might seem totally obvious, but a lot of times when we're being introduced to someone, our mind is on all sorts of other things, right? Our mind is all over the place. We don't pay any attention to the name. So that first step forces you to pay attention for at least one second. That's the only way you could repeat the person's name back to them. Start doing that today and eventually it's going to become a habit and second nature to you. Step number two, early on in your interaction with the person, ask them a simple question using their name. So Matt, how do you know Chester? Matt, how long have you been involved with this organization? Now, really be careful. You don't need to use the name over and over and over again to where it might start to seem a little bit weird. Really what I'm saying here for this second point is just one time early on in the conversation, use the name in a question. It's going to reinforce it in your mind. Step number three will be take a few seconds or less to think of a connection between the name and anything at all that you already know. And I mean literally anything. So Matt, it might make you think of Matt Damon or Matthew McConaughey, but it could be simply that you have a friend or family member that also has that same name, thinking of a connection between the name and literally anything at all that you already know is going to help it to stick better in your mind. And it will also help you come up with that visual that I mentioned earlier. And step four, whenever you leave the meeting, the party, whatever type of function it might be, really make it a point to say goodbye to people using their name. So those four steps will help you. And that also gives you the 10 seconds or so to eventually lock in their name better with some sort of visual. I really like the goodbye idea too, especially because that's something that, you know, who knows what could happen. You can leave at any point, but making it a point, all of a sudden now you have, you said their name, you ask a question with their name, you take a few seconds to really connect and you, and you focus your attention on that, which is so important to anything. And then leave the meeting, say goodbye. So now you've said their name three times. You got the picture of something. I love this. It's a real, real practical tool. So the first is turn everything visual. I love that. What are, you said there's three principles. I'd love to get into the other ones. I want to make sure we have time for that. So what's uh, one of the other principles on memory? Yeah, so first is visual. Next, second, from there, if you can, try to involve as many additional senses as you can because what happens is, when you're involving more senses in the encoding process, when you're first trying to encode something in a memory, you're activating more and more areas of your brain and you're building more and more connections in your mind to the information. So I starred at one point in an episode of PBS's Nova Science. It was called How Smart Can We Get? But people can just Google my name, Chester Santos and PBS. Check it out. If you do check it out on the PBS website, you can watch it for free. You're going to find that they had me perform some pretty crazy memory feats. Then they had me train David Pogue. People might also know David Pogue from CBS News and also the New York Times. With just a little bit of training, he was able to perform some pretty cool memory feats. Then they had some neuroscientists, brain scientists appear on the show. And these brain scientists talked about how I was able to pull off those feats of memory and how David Pogue was able to do it with just a little training. And they confirm that it's because with these memory techniques that I've mastered over the years, uh, you're recruiting extra areas of the brain. So areas of the brain that most people, they would never involve this while committing things to memory. You're recruiting more of the brain to help you. And part of this is learning to utilize additional senses. So again, the more senses are involved, the more of the brain's being used, the more connections uh, are being built to the information. So that's another really important principle. So, so including other senses, are these internal or external senses? Meaning like, 
actual like smell, taste, touch, or even in your mind, like, you know, you're, you say the name and are you imagining the taste of chocolate cake? How does that work a little bit? How, what are some practical ways to involve more senses? Yeah. So it's both obviously external is naturally going to help you, but really what I'm talking about in terms of uh, employing these memory techniques, it's going to be internal. So in addition to the white rat visualizing the white rabbit to help remind you of the name Alice, the white rabbit might have some sort of interesting uh, smell to it. Maybe you t- touch the white rabbit in your mind and feel the fur. So I mean, add it to really that scenario that you're experiencing. And studies have actually shown that when you imagine that you're smelling something, the same area of the brain lights up as when you are actually smelling something. So they've hooked yes. people up to machines to, de- to uh, detect this stuff. So it's going to be really effective. Again, the more senses you involve, you're activating all these different areas of your brain and building more connections in your mind to the information. So that's the second principle. The third and really final out of the three main principles is to make all of this that you are seeing and experiencing in your mind, try to make it all crazy, unusual, extraordinary in some way to take advantage of the psychological aspect to human memory. And that is all of us with putting forth little to no effort at all, we tend to remember things that catch us by surprise, right? That are extraordinary in some way. If Matt, wherever you are at right now and people listening to this, whatever room you're in now, if an elephant suddenly crashed into the room right now and started spraying water all over you with its trunk, if that actually did happen right now at this moment, you would probably remember that for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Tell that story. You will never believe this. I was interviewing this memory guy for the podcast one day out of nowhere. An elephant just crashed into the room, sprayed water on me. That might be stuck in your head forever without you even trying to commit that to memory, right? No effort on your part. To this day, it still isn't fully understood. How does that exactly work in the brain? How sometimes in one instant, something will go straight into long-term memory, stay there forever. Whereas other times, even with a lot of effort, we have difficulty getting important things into memory, names, presentations, facts, figures, foreign language vocabulary, etc. Although it's not fully understood, we, re- we do realize there is this aspect to how our mind works. Reali- realizing it, we can take advantage of that and apply it to things that would be useful for us to remember. And, you know, I, I think, I mean, I certainly relate to that. Whether it's unusual, would you say... It, uh heightened emotional state because uh, i've seen that as well you know like i'm sure if yep. we ask anyone in fact as we're recording this we'll be dropping this uh, a little later but um it's actually september 11th today it's the 18 year anniversary and i'll bet every single person even non-american anyone listening around the world we're in 162 countries everybody probably remembers where they were when they heard about 9-11 i remember exactly where i was i remember what i was wearing and, and i mean just like that and it was this heightened emotion the other weird thing, and I never really cared too much for his music either way, I probably should have, but whatever, was when Michael Jackson died. And I, I remember where I was on the road, what car I was driving, where my wife and I were exactly when I heard on the radio what happened. But I never, like it wasn't important to me, so to speak. You know, I'm not trying to be mean yeah. or whatever, but is it, how much is it unusual 
versus how much is it emotional? And again, I'm not looking for an exact answer, but kind of what's your what what's more important, a, a heightened emotional state or the more unusual and bizarre it can be? Or is it just as much of both as you can do? Well, it's both. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to give you an exact percentage there. But again, I would try to keep in mind both. Um, what's going to be easier, obviously, uh, when implementing these sorts of techniques, we'll go through an exercise here pretty soon when you're oh, ready. I can't we'll wait. Take like a few minutes where we're going to actually learn a memory technique, a specific memory technique that will employ these three principles. So when you're putting this into practice, it's obviously going to be easier to make the scenario in your mind crazy, unusual, extraordinary, right? It might be a little bit more difficult to get some like real emotion behind it, but both are very important. And I'm, I'm not sure, you know, as far as percentages, they're both important, but I will say that the crazy, unusual, extraordinary is going to be, it's going to be easier to put that into practice when using these sorts of techniques. That's great. That's, that's real, real helpful. I love this. So before we get into one more question for you, before we get into the exercise, and I cannot wait to try this out. Um, does the pressure ever get to you, Jester? Like when you're a memory guy. So when you go on and you're on CNN or you're on a talk show, I'm getting the, and I've seen some of your clips, the number one thing they're going to want you to do is say, well, show us. And you always have to perform. If you're speaking live, you know, and you, you have, you're going to give a demonstration is this just at this point so natural that you can do it without thinking? Do you, and maybe earlier in your career is what I'm asking. Did you ever feel that kind of pressure of like, oh crap, what if I don't do it right? Or what if this time it doesn't work? Or is it just so easy because you've practiced so much that it never comes up? Well, you know, definitely the, the, the TV shows when it's a live um, interview, there's always a lot of pressure because there's sometimes millions of people watching at home on Right. And, um, and also, you know, I still feel, I, so I still feel the pressure. I still feel a little bit of pressure during my presentations in that I often open with naming hundreds of people in the audience after just meeting everybody before it starts. I'm going to do that at this conference in Prague on Saturday. Uh, I feel the pressure, but, um, I am more relaxed than I used to be. Obviously, as you develop these skills, you, you have an improved confidence in your memory and improve confidence is going to help, uh, you know, everything as well. So you just, as you develop the skill, you're going to have more confidence in your abilities and that's going to help you out as well. Man, that's so great. Have you ever, and I, I'm not trying to find a bad example, but just, I'm curious, have you ever had one of those at any point in your career, one of those kind of face falls where you're in the live audience or, or, uh, or on TV and you're like, uh Oh, what was number seven again? Cause I'm thinking I would do that every time, you know? <laughs> Yeah, if I could knock on some wood here, you know, I don't see any wood near me to knock on. Knock on wood, really not not so far. I mean, um, on on CNN, for instance, I I like started to say the wrong card, but I I corrected myself right in the middle of it, so that was the you know that wasn't a big deal at all. And and you know, I named one time. I remember I named two hundred fifteen people in the audience, but I made two mistakes, so I got two hundred thirteen out of two hundred fifteen. People oh are gosh. still amazed. It doesn't. Oh, it it doesn't matter, <laughs> you know. Um, as I'd be long freaked as out. Two right? Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't matter too much. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. Well, hey, can, can we get into some memory? I think. Uh, I think I'd, I'd love to see it. I'd love to try it out, and I'm sure everyone would love to see if I can do this. <laughs> 
Yeah, let's give it a try and people can follow along as well so that, you know, everybody listening to this can try to put these techniques into practice. So we're going to have you just quickly commit to memory the following random list of words. It's going to be monkey, iron, rope, kite, house, paper, shoe, worm, envelope, pencil, river, rock, tree, cheese, and dollar. Now, that was a list a lot of times when I recite that list. Of words to audiences, people in the audience look at me as if, come on, man, you know, you're, you're crazy. There's no way we're going to be able to do this, not unless you give us a lot of time to do it. All I remember is monkey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in, in fact, that's better than average. Some people don't remember <laughs> even monkey. Um, you'll have the whole list committed to memory perfectly forwards and backwards, Matt, just about three minutes of study time. That's it. And believe it or not, even next week without ever looking at this again, Next week, you'll still know all of the words forwards and backwards. How you'll pull it off, just listen to what I described to you. See and experience it happening uh, in your mind as best you can. Just relax, have fun. If, you, if people take a look at the CNN clip on my website, they're going to see that when I'm memorizing the cards, I'm smiling, I'm giggling. You know, they probably thought I was a little uh, nutty or something on that show. But that's the whole key. Just, you know, have fun with this. If you're smiling and giggling, it's a good sign. So, and, and I should probably mention too, if you're in the car, make sure you keep your eyes open. You're on the road um, and you can find this on a stream on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere else. If you want to go back and do this like a, in, a, in a quiet place, but certainly keep your eyes open. Feel free to follow along in the car. Let's do this. Yep. Awesome. So just visualize a monkey for now because monkey was the first word. So just see this monkey. Now, I want for you to imagine the next word was iron. So just see this monkey dancing around now, maybe with a giant iron, all right? It's dancing around with a giant iron. Picture that. The iron starts to fall, but a rope attaches itself to the iron because the next word was rope. So maybe just feel this rope, interact with it. Maybe it feels sort of rough. And as I'm going through this, don't never go back and review in your mind, right? Just go through the story forwards only as I'm going through it. So right now we're at the rope. Got it. It feels sort of rough. You look up the rope, you see that the other end of the rope is attached to a kite, all right? Maybe you reach up and try and touch that kite. That's just out of your reach there. Really see the kite as best you can. Just picture it. That's all you need to do. The kite now crashes into the side of a house. Just really see it smash into that house. You notice now that the house is covered in paper. Just see that it's completely covered in paper. Just visualize it to the best of your ability, all of the paper. Out of nowhere, a shoe appears and it starts to walk all over the paper. Maybe it's messing up the paper as it's walking on it, that shoe. The shoe smells pretty badly, so you decide to investigate, look inside. You find a little worm crawling around inside of that shoe. Really see the smelly worm. The worm now jumps out of the shoe and into an envelope. Maybe it's going to mail itself or something. I don't know. Envelope was next. Out of nowhere, a pencil appears and it starts to write all over the envelope very quickly. Maybe it's addressing the envelope, I guess. See that pencil? The pencil now jumps into a river and there's a huge splash for some reason when that little pencil hits the river. The river, you notice, is crashing up against a giant rock, all right? Picture that, giant rock. That rock flies out of the river, and it crashes into a tree. Really see that tree? This tree is growing cheese. You probably haven't seen a tree like that one. This one's growing cheese. And out of each piece of cheese shoots a dollar. So that was actually the whole 
list there. Last one was dollar coming out of the cheese. I'm going to go through this again in about 30 seconds. And your job is to simply replay through this little story that you've created in your mind. So we've got the monkey was dancing around with what? He was dancing around with an iron. What attached? A rope. The other end of the rope was attached to what? It was a kite. What did the kite crash into? It was a house. What was the house covered in? It was paper. What walked on it? It was a shoe. What was crawling in the shoe? It was a worm. The worm jumped into what? It was an envelope. What wrote on it? It was a pencil. The pencil jumped into the river. The river was crashing into the rock. What did that rock fly into? It was a tree. What was that tree growing? Cheese. And what shot out? A dollar. So now you should be able to pretty easily recall the entire random list of words by just playing through that story in your mind. And each major object that you see will give you the next word. So go ahead, Matt, just do your best, give it a try, and people can follow along that are listening. Man, this is crazy. And I wonder what everyone's pictures look like. Let's go for this. Okay. Um, so the very first thing is there's a monkey holding an iron, drops it by a rope. Rope's connected to a kite, house, paper, shoe, worm, envelope, pencil, river, rock, tree, cheese, dollar. What the heck? That was awesome, man. What are you awesome. doing to me? And I promise you, I know we're on radio. I did not write that down. I closed my eyes this whole time, and I just visualized this really, really stupid story. Wow. That was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> very powerful and effective. So that technique there is called the story method. It's just one of many techniques that memory champions like my, myself use. So, you know, they've asked me to be on Science Channel, Discovery Channel, a bunch of different news programs over the years. Most recently, uh, this year, they had me on BBC uh, World News. But there's nothing different about my brain compared to everyone else's. Really, I've just learned these techniques that anybody can learn. And I've put in the training and practice. This doesn't just apply to random words. I want to point out Harvard University had me to train their graduate students. You can have, uh, you can check out, I have on my website, a testimonial from the Harvard Graduate Council. They had uh, a lot of Harvard medical students, business students, law students go through my memory full, like one and two day memory training programs. It's not just random words. There are techniques really for any information type. I'm going to have you try to visualize something, Matt, here in a just, just about one minute, and people can follow along, because I want you to see how you're just building mental note cards or mental cue cards, and I want people to be clear how they can use this in their business. So just visualize, Matt, some gigantic machines, whatever that looks like to you. Visualize these giant machines. These giant machines start to smash up a huge pile of gold and silver. So the machines are just smashing up some gold and silver. Rising up out of the gold and silver, vehicles, whatever that would look like to you, vehicles, shooting out of the windows of the vehicles, medicine shoots out of the windows, and exploding out of the medicine, oil. So that was it. I'm going to just run through that again and replay through the story in your mind. We had giant machines smashing up the gold and silver, rising up vehicles, shooting out of the windows, medicine, exploding out of the medicine. It was oil. So Matt, try to recite those back to me by playing through that story in your head. Well, I love the short one. So that's machine, gold and silver, vehicles, medicine, oil. Awesome. So what you did there, Matt, believe it or not, I just had you commit to memory the top 
five exports of the UK. So if you were to, yeah, believe it or not. So if you were to look that up right now, and that's awesome, uh, you're going to find listed as the UK's top exports. It will list them as being machinery, precious metals, vehicles, pharmaceuticals, and oil. So there you start to see how. The wow. image doesn't need to perfectly match. What you're building are basically mental note cards, mental cue cards. And when you, you are meeting with clients, potential clients, or it's a presentation for investors, when you have even these 5, 10, 15 key things committed to memory to better demonstrate your expertise, you're so much more impressive to people. And nowadays, I would say especially so because the average person nowadays, we're just entering everything into electronic devices. So in this day and age, when you have a powerful memory, you're even more impressive to people. You really seem to know your stuff. People are going to perceive you to be even more intelligent. And, you know, you become suddenly more memorable. So in this business environment, a little bit of memory skills training really goes a long way to set you apart from 99% of other professionals out there. Man, th that's outstanding. I just love the application, how you can use that. And I honestly, I, I didn't know if I was going to be able to even do that. And I realized that's probably the basic stuff. Um, this is exciting. So I'm going to jump on. And as we're wrapping up here, Chester, I'm going to jump on to internationalmanofmemory.com. You guys, when you get to a safe space, if you're driving, or of course, if you're on the treadmill, just stop for a second and go on here. We'll have it on the show notes as well. If you're on a podcast, internationalmanofmemory.com slash store. And Chester, can you tell us a little bit about, you have this, uh, a free trial of the Chester Santos Memory School. So like, it doesn't have to stop here. The, my idea, like, I'm excited about this. I'm curious about this. And if I can do this a little bit, I can do it more. So I'd love to check out your memory school. I'm going to go sign up today. Tell us a little bit about the memory school and what we can expect on a free trial. Cause that's awesome. You're going to give that to us. Yeah, Matt. So what the the whole idea behind the memory school, I just started it this year, which is why I have, you know, I don't know how long I'm going to keep it set up like this, but for the time being, there is a totally free trial. So you can check it out. You're going to get instant access to a core training course, which is the equivalent of my San Francisco workshop, which I do one Saturday per month. Tickets for that are $400 each, but you're going to get instant access to that training. You're going to get instant access to an entire another workshop, another full day workshop, but in via online tutorials, video tutorials, advanced training, and then you will also get ongoing training every month. So I do have I do take private coaching clients on a very limited basis. I've I've been fortunate enough to work with some famous people, really high uh, achievers, but to work with me one on one, I don't have that much time because I'm always <laughs> I can imagine. It's $1,000 per one hour session with a 12 session minimum. So it's 12,000 to start working with me, but I wanted to be able to help everybody out there. So that's the whole concept behind this memory school. It's, you know, everybody can get the, the ongoing training and really develop these powerful memory skills. So that, that's it. You can get a free trial for now and, and you're going to learn foreign languages, exam material, uh, names and faces. I simulate introducing you to people with uh, slideshows, you see people's pictures. Um, there's just so much content there and people can check it out for free. It sounds like one of the most important things too is you're teaching 
and you're demoing, but then we're doing, right? So whether it's in, in a live events, I know you're up in San Francisco areas where you call home whenever you happen to be there, but whether it's a live event, which you can find out at uh, internationalmanofmemory.com uh, or it's the online memory school, go check that out. Um, I'm certainly going to sign up right now. That's exciting. And guys, you can follow Chester uh, on Instagram at Chester J. Santos and get some of his shenanigans and most recent uh, media clips and, and, and memory challenges. And he's on LinkedIn at Chester Santos. Man, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. I really appreciate it. It was great to connect with you, and I'm looking forward to getting a better memory. Yeah, thank you so much again, Matt, for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, I've had a great time, and please uh, keep in, let's keep in touch. For sure. Guys, that was Chester Santos. Thank you so much again to Chester. Remember, you can follow him at Instagram, Chester J. Santos, LinkedIn, Chester Santos. And you can find all of his books. You can find his memory school online with a free trial. Go in, nothing to pay. Check it all out. Absorb it and make sure it's for you at internationalmanofmemory.com slash store. Hey, that's it for the show this week. Uh, Get out there as usual and do your very best. Enjoy the day, the week. Keep growing your business. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review uh, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get this show. If you're listening in the car on the radio, remember, we have this on demand on all of these platforms so you never miss an episode twice a week, every single week. Get out there and crush it. 